Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Becca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey guys, uh, this is the Halloween for Dennis Etchison script. Uh, he unfortunately passed away just this past year. We actually filmed this video for YouTube a little while back, but I'm wanting to take some of the YouTube stuff and put it on the podcast. One of the things we do is scripts that never happened, such as this one, some other things like that, uh, that I think would be pretty cool in podcast form. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this. It features some wild shit, like Michael growing to 12 feet tall at one point, uh, regrowing limbs, all this crazy shit, and this was supposed to be the script for the Halloween 4, the return of the franchise after Halloween 3, so it's pretty damn cool. I um, hope you guys enjoy this, and if you would, please make sure to go and subscribe to the new Facebook page that we just built up after they deleted ours, so we're really trying to get get people on that. It's, uh, we watch, or it's uh, facebook.com slash wewatchedamoviemedia, and I'll put that link in the below in the show notes as well, um, and uh, we love your fucking faces. Hope you guys enjoy this. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Fuckstick army of delights in the night in the panel region of the nighttime stereotypes of the hostess panty cakes. Did you miss me? MC Vagina. Dennis Erickson script for Halloween 4. It's a legend. John Carpenter came to him and was like, we want you to write the script for Halloween 4. He said, fuck yeah, Jim. I like to do that in the night. Eventually he got a phone call after the script was taken care of and done that uh, Deborah Hill and John Carpenter sold their rights to Halloween and his script was not included they in the They flushed it down the toilet. It's basically Footloose, only Halloween is banned instead of dancing. It takes place 10 years after Halloween 2. Only in this storyline, Loomis died. No! He officially died and the town thinks that Michael died, but their DNA was spread together, like so nobody knows for sure. And they, they, they don't have a hundred percent fact Michael's dead, but they're like, he, he, he's fucking dead. Michael right? got parts of Loomis in him. All the parents have PTSD from what happened though that many years ago in 1978, and they're all dealing with that, and they're trying to come to grips with it, and that's why they banned Halloween, and they keep their kids on a tight leash, like, don't you fucking put on a mask, Tommy! It's against the law to have Halloween masks. It's against the law to have pumpkins! It talks about how Michael's putting on a black shirt, black pants, and then you see a white mask come into play. 
And it was like, it is the shape. It, it felt very Halloween, not Halloweenish. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, actually. The mother of Lindsay Wallace, which you all remember her as one of the kids that was being babysit by the dead in the original Halloween, had, you know, she escaped, but her parents are dealing with this in the aftermath, and the mother, Mrs. Wallace, is having a, a, a really bad dream. She sees Lindsay on the staircase as a nine-year-old, but then all of a sudden she, like, unzips her shit like she just got it from Halloween Express, and Michael steps out to fucking kill Everything's liquidy. It, it, it did remind me of Nightmare on Elm Street. Michael comes out. He's a little. He's a little girl, and then he comes out. He holds the knife up. He looks like That's a mechanical it. doll that breaks open, yeah. and then there's blood that flows through. Shit, it's very shining. It's like saying that Michael was always a little girl at heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Michael, Michael, what have you done? But uh, it was, and then she wakes up suddenly, and the husband's like, "How much vodka did you drink last night, honey?" And then you got Tommy also, and they still. It's kind of kind of cool because they live across the street from each other and I can't help when I read this script but picture Paul Rudd as Tommy I don't know if you're the same but the whole time I pictured Paul Rudd well when they said he was 17 though like I, I still just pictured him like creeping looking at her because Tommy's trying to like befriend her and he believes that Michael's dead he sort of remembers what happened Lindsay doesn't remember anything so she doesn't understand what's going on but Lindsay's mom won't let him around because she thinks he's a psycho weirdo freako weirdo she thinks he's a crazy ass yeah so I'm the prey but he respects me so fuck you <laughs> <laughs> but uh, eventually what happens is that you've still got Sheriff Brackett and you've still got uh, Deputy Hunt who's who's are both broken by the events of what happened in Halloween and they're going around in the town dealing with all this craziness you've got this uh, this this reporter named Mundy who's going on and his boss wants him to get some ratings and talk about Halloween and drudge up the murders again to get some ratings so what he does I agree there might be some dundies in it for you. I agree he goes to Smith's Grove and this is the really cool weird Dr. Loomis scene because he goes to Smith's Grove and he meets um, Dr. Stern and in that vein I want to let you read this because it's very it's very fun and special it's really the only Loomis moment of it because in this script Loomis died in that explosion so what she does is she puts a VHS tape on to explain to Mundy to show how Dr. Loomis treated Michael Myers when he was there and in her mind he created this unstoppable force by feeding this 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 child this crazy stuff the, about. the Lord of the Dead but the inmates do treat him as a dark druidic figure of the night in her exact words Stern says and Dr. Loomis I don't know which was the greater tragedy that a boy should be so warped by archaic laws in a sense a monster created by society or that Dr. Loomis was destroyed by his own paranoid obsession. Then she pops in the tape to show him what she's talking about and it's a clean sterile room, bright windows, bars. Seated on a stool is a boy of 9 or 10, back to camera, staring through the bars at the sun. Seated on another stool is Dr. Sam Loomis. Jay? Mike! Mike! The boy does not move. Mikey! Is all I call you? Talk to me, Mikey. Tell me about your mother and your father and your sister. Do you remember your sister? What happened to her? For three years we've been doing this. I'm losing my patience, Mikey. It's true, but I'm not going to give up. You think you can wear me down? You won't win, you know. I'm going to see this food to the end, no matter how long it takes. Loomis turns to the camera, sweating. Fucking what? I wish I had a spray bottle. He's like, you can turn that thing off now. He's not going to say anything. Waste of time. But the tape does not stop. Loomis approaches the boy, becoming angry. You think you're fooling everybody, don't you? Well, I know your game. I've seen it. 
Loomis leans over the stool, shouting, enraged. Maggie! That's a name for a human boy! But you're not that, are you? Your name must be, let's see, does it even have a name? What do they call you in the place where you come from? What is the proper name for evil distance? Answer me by God or hell! Loomis raises his fist. The boy starts to turn from the window, cocking his head to one side. So, yeah. That's it, Mike. Yeah, so that was it. That was the, and, then, and then she's like, this is child abuse. And yeah. she turns the video she's on. She's like, do you see? Do you see? So Michael, Lomas is like, you piss of shit! <laughs> and that's where Michael gets head quizzical. And he's like, what? Uh, but it is kind of cool that he turns his head to his side as a boy, so you get to see that nod, which we'll go back to later. So, uh, yeah, you get to that part, and then... But I mean, I, I just don't like the way they're portraying Loomis in that. I mean, yes, Loomis was aggressive in, in his campaign against Michael, but he was the only one that <clears throat> truly realized what Michael Myers was. So his obsession did have merit. It wasn't like he was just doing it for no reason because he hated fucking kids or something. I mean, he didn't, he knew what he was. He treated kids, you know, for most of his career, so it wasn't like new to him, but there was something different about Michael. And there's one scene in that when, you know, after she stops the VHS tape, VHS, uh, is bringing my memory, uh, <clears throat> that she pauses it on a scene with Michael looking at the camera, you know, and, you know, the, it kind of describes icy blue eyes with no emotion whatsoever, and she's like, does that look like a killer to you? I mean, you'd be like, god damn right it does, Michael should have pimp slapped, or Louis should have pimp slapped the shit out of him, because there's nothing there, and I think that, I think they were going for that maybe, I don't know how you film an emotionless set of icy blue eyes, and I never thought he had icy blue eyes, because... Fucking Lewis himself said the the blackest eyes, the dark, you know, the devil's eyes. So I don't know where the icy blue part came in, but it's weird because John Carpenter at one point was going to film this. At one point, uh, Joe Dante of Gremlins was going to was set to film this. Mm -hmm. Like this was going to be a big thing. They also had some elements that uh, was before its time because when they when they described the cameraman because they had told him before you can't film here. Uh, you know, maybe Dr. Stern will give you an interview, but that's about it. You can't feel in the grounds. But he goes through his viewfinder, and you're looking at it through the viewfinder. That's kind of like a, a found footage kind of thing they were doing in the fucking late 80s. And uh, he's walking down the hallway, and the, he goes into the day room, and when the inmates attack him, you know, the orderlies pull him off, and then the camera zooms in on, like, like, a, like a kind of like a, I don't know, a statue thing they've made in honor of Michael Myers, which is... A dark suited like straw figure with a face of the rabbit they caught outside earlier they chopped off to make it look the, the white mask so they do treat him like a god there's some weird fucked up shit in here that it's really cool and i'd love to see it like i don't think i don't think i want this movie in the timeline to fuck with the lore and the other no. movies we got but i would love to see something right, if, this if, if this was just, just see it. offshoot you know yeah. i would have loved it like yeah. it would have just been it, this because it, it, it i'm not saying that it was it would have been shot that way, but it comes across as a fan film, like just so different and weird and kind of an alternate universe as far as what Halloween 4 went from. What Erickson did a really, really good job of in my eyes, and he never went on to write another script, um, another movie script. He wrote horror fiction and stuff like that and novelizations of movies. But what I think he did capture well in this more than anything else is a John Carpenter movie. This feels like Carpenter should have filmed it. Um, but one of the problems is it is it does get pretty slow and like aimless and, and goes through a lot of stuff yeah. that doesn't end up tying mm -hmm. together. Um, it, it's until page 62 of the script, which is like 115 pages long, where you get your first like kill that really matters. But one of the first real kills that happens is D Darcy. 
and her name spelled weird is Diarcy. I, I didn't know what that was at first. Diarcy. Like, Dressy. <laughs> but this is a really weird scene, and I and it's one of the first things about the script that I really don't like. I, I and the reason why is she goes out, she goes out to the outskirts of town. Her and Lonnie, who Lonnie's in the script by the way, which is a badass thing. Get your ass away from there. There's even a flashback to that scene where Lewis tells him to get his ass away from there. He's like having a dream about it or whatever. But him and his friends are kind of these little hoodlums sort of, and they're going with these girls to this multiplex drive-in, which the whole town is banned against because, oh my god, they show horror movies. Yeah. There's a really cool PTA scene where it's kind of like a, a weird social dialogue, which John Carpenter films again fits perfectly in there, where the, the guy's like, like, these horror movies aren't doing anything to people. Like, how many... Just because you guys don't see horror movies anymore doesn't mean these well, kids don't want to. I'm just trying to make a living. There's a really cool scene that involves all that. You mentioned Footloose. That part really got the Footloose vibe because that's like John Lithgow when he was addressing the town about the dancing stuff and then Kevin Bacon... There was no Kevin Bacon to stand up yeah. and save the day. He's like, just sing and dance. It's in the Bible. There was nothing like that, but it was. That, that scene itself is... In essence, footloose. Yeah, and some, some some cool offhand dialogue that goes on there. But long story short, she and some of her girls and Lonnie and some of his dudes are going to go to the drive-in where people bang, and she's trying to do something special. So she goes out of out of town um, to another town to get pumpkins for the kids, since pumpkins are so illegal pumpkins. now. And she goes, <laughs> and then we meet the proprietor. I really think that this guy had a love, and I do. He he was putting as much. He had a love for all the horror icons that he could get and fit it into a movie. Because when he mentions the proprietor of this pumpkin stand outside the outskirts of Haddonfield, I, I really, I don't know why, and I'm not sure that they would have got him, but I think that they were going for a Robert England type of character that was selling the pumpkins. He even tells her at one point, she's like, he chopped his pumpkin, he's like, I call it Freddy. And like, yeah. he's, and, and the way that he was coming off like real weird towards this little seventeen-year-old girl, like he's like, I'm gonna go across the street and get some booze, and then we'll drink together. And he's like being real fucking, you know, like almost like a Freddy Krueger. And I could see them casting and putting Robert England as kind of a nod and obey to Nightmare on Elm Street. I pictured the dude with the boils from Harold and Kumar. Like, gonna get right with the Lord, but the devil is everywhere. Hey, Randy, what the devil? Huh, Randy, what tobacco? What would it do? Randy, what? Crystal meth. Mmm. So he goes across the street to get his booze, and she's going to get this pumpkin in this gigantic pumpkin field. Like, they just, they can't stop talking about this fucking pumpkin. Love them pumpkins. It's a lot of pumpkins. James and the giant pumpkin. Fucking pumpkins. And she keeps fucking up this dude's pumpkin patch, so she's all worried he's gonna come back. And, and she makes out three. Yeah, this weird scene, she slips on the pumpkin, there's like an avalanche of pumpkins. I'm trying to gather... I couldn't like, get what they were yeah, talking yeah, about, because yeah. I, I, he's in the back lot. Like, it was... Yeah. Uh, how many goddamn pumpkins do you have, Jeepers Creepers? Fucking pumper... Pump... 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 Pumpkin nickels. There's pumpkins rolling, there's like an avalanche of pumpkins, she's slipping, she's falling, she can't get up, DMX. Get out of jail, man. And then, all of a sudden... She falls down and a scarecrow falls on top of her, which one of the things that pisses me off about horror movies sometimes is these fake-ass scares. That would have been a the jump scare. The script has yeah. a couple fake-ass scares like that. This, um, this fucking scarecrow falls on top of her, and then the next scene, Michael Myers literally comes out of a mound of pumpkins. Like, there's a huge stack of pumpkins behind her, and he raises from the pumpkins Throwing them into the air. Like a stripper coming from a cake. Under Happy birthday, Mr. President. Just like it. And and he stabs her. And and, and it's like 
Motherfucker, was Michael Myers just like chilling under some pumpkins? I think he was. He was hot. <laughs> he was like a fucking wolf. I, I bet he was like just rubbing on the pumpkins and then somebody stepped. He was like a spider and then somebody rattled his web. And he was like, fucking. Like, why was Michael just laying under some pumpkins? I don't know, but you, the, the thing about the, the whole Michael rising from the pumpkins. As cool as it's, as cool as that would sound, I think cool, it was not that in Halloween. No, I mean it would be a cool like painting, like Michael Myers standing around, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? but it's not like if you're filming it. Like if I was filming a scene and there's like, all right, Michael, come up from the pulp. Like, <laughs> like what? It just wouldn't make sense on camera. I did not just, want this. Just seeing Michael Myers come out of a bunch of pumpkins like Wolverine. Yeah, in, from in, out it's in, like uh, Origins when he's like, yeah, like it's, it's just it's, uh, I don't know. It's like uh, you've been gone since Halloween too. You were living in some fucking pumpkins the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> he built himself a fort behind Freddy's proprietor pumpkin shop, and like it's. Uh, but you know, we know that he's been stalking these kids because we didn't mention that throughout the entire film. You yeah. dig? You do get iconic shots. Of breathing behind the mask, yeah. watching the kids go to and from school. You know, he's he's been he's been checking out what they've been doing. He's been listening. He's got a radio antenna a radar thing. We move on, and there's there's meanwhile through this town, there's these radical fucking punk kids Michael. who are breaking <laughs> in stores. <laughs> they're breaking in stores. They're causing all sorts of trouble. They're doing all sorts of. Uh, I, I like it, by the way. I like the fact that you called them hoodlums. Are you 68 <laughs> Green Street hooligans? Hoodlums. Elijah Wood. <clears throat> um, but and they're 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 causing all this ruckus and doing this shit. You scoundrel. At one point, these kids uh, they're gonna break into the Myers house, and this kid sends his dog ahead of them. Billy uh, Loomis is uh, now Loomis is uh, Lonnie's little brother, Billy. Yeah, and the dog. Dog goes in and he goes home and the dog starts fucking choking up and the dog coughs up two fingers and you're like are those Michael's fingers? Yeah, see, and then you find out later. Yeah, what the fucking weird thing about that is Michael would have whooped that dog's ass. Right? I don't care what kind of German Shepherd you got. He ate them shit. Fuck you. Uh, and his name is Tuffy, by the way. The dog's <laughs> name is Tuffy. Michael would eat your ass. I had a dog named uh, Tuffy. You got hit by a car. No, well Michael didn't do it. Uh, Glade. Glade. Uh, but anyway, uh, Freshmaker. So. Yeah, my, the dog runs into the house while Billy's like, I'm not afraid. Come on, Tuffy, seriously, come out of there. And then you hear the dog yelp, so I'm like, okay, well, the dog's dead. So that's what I'm reading, you know, because Michael whooped that ass. And then it runs out, like, all happy, and it coughs up his finger. So what did Michael do? Did he just, like, pat the doggy, pat the doggy, <laughs> and then he, get, he bites his finger, like, shut the fuck! Like, it bites his fingers off, and Michael doesn't react to it. Yeah. Michael would never allow you to bite his fingers off, okay? Uh, it's hard to imagine, for sure. But, the, yeah, so, so... And then, by the that way, comes I, play later. But that whole scene is kind of weird, though, because when you see him bite the... Well, you don't see it, but, you you know, the dog coughs up the fingers when Billy gets home, and his mother's like, I was so worried about oh, you. Oh, Billy. Yeah, and then... Um, <laughs> window love. Uh, but it's like when the, when the, uh, look at you go. Billy gets home and it's like Billy's like, oh shit, I gotta hide these. Like he doesn't, he's like a little kid, he's like nine years old, he's like, oh, he just coughed up some fingers, I'll just throw this away in the trash, or in the garbage disposal. Yeah. Like you'd think a little kid would be like, god damn. It fits into the whole 70s. They're human fingers. Carpenter slasher horror film. I suppose. You know, some I weird shit going on. But there's a kill later on uh, that I like a whole lot and there's this kid who works in this convenience store, right? And What's it, his name? It's, this, it's it's a weird fucking scene. It's Sean, Sean. and Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer's in the back. This kid's working at this Probably gas station. Games. There's hookers and, and kids. He's giving shit away for free. It's too. a weird ass part of Haddonfield. Yeah. And honestly, it sounds a lot like the gas station from the fall. But uh, which there's a lot of times. I was just to say it sounds like a gas station in our place. So yeah, like, it's like in Winchester, yeah, like for sure. Three, three in the morning. But there's hookers, and he's throwing condoms at people, and he's all pissed off because this girl's back there wanting to fuck, and he's like, I'll be there in a minute, God! By the way, he's also with Leah, high school chick. Yeah, yeah. so um, he, 
he shuts down the shop. These kids come in. They're like, we want a Halloween mask. We want them now because it's purge night. <laughs> and he's like, all right, take these fucking masks. Purge. Yeah, we're going to purge. It's going to be great. Uh, but he also scholarship again. Uh, so, <laughs> you can't be angry for it. He goes into the back and he finally starts having sex with his girlfriend. Now, I just want to read this to you guys. You guys got to hear how Michael kills this motherfucker. I didn't know. I didn't expect this. It's like, just fuck. My fuck my beauties. Fuck. Michael was like, it was like two bucks. He was like, I want you to. I want to see you do it. So finally, he gets rid of everybody in the store because he's Dante from fucking Clerks. He's like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. 37. My girlfriend's like 37 dicks. <laughs> but, okay, so finally, he's like, damn, kids. And he goes back. He buries himself in her flesh as Ooh. the TV movie continues with sounds of shotgun fire. 50 shades. By the way, they're watching uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, which is badass. Hello. Uh, cue Jennifer as he pounds away. That's how the script reads. <laughs> how pounds as it. he pounds away, Jennifer, mmm, Sean, take it easy. Sean! Wider. <laughs> she doesn't say wider. It goes no, wide, wide shot. Uh, to see that Sean is being thrust back and forth from above by a three-fingered hand that has him by the hair. <laughs> the other hand is sucking my will to live. <laughs> is that what you like? Do you like it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Let's run away, Wayne. Michael's doing this. Huh? Huh? <laughs> He's making them fuck. The other hand has him by the neck. The hand holding the neck releases, takes the bowie knife out of Sean's back, and cuts Jennifer's throat off camera. Which, by the way, at one point, this kid is waving the bowie knife to customers in the store. He's like, get out of here! I'm doing what fuck my girlfriend! Uh, and they all leave, but then come back. It's weird. But, um, uh, so, the neck releases, takes the bowie knife out of Sean's back, and cuts Jennifer's throat off camera. Yes, Close he on her face, eyes wide, sound of the telephone ringing out front as no one and I, I, Okay, I, okay, look, I'm not saying that we needed the graphic stuff. Because it's Halloween. It's Halloween. But it would have been nice to see some of more creative kills. Like, it's not so creative to say that Michael was helping them fuck at first. That's like, pretty creative. That's not so creative. He was banging toys together. Michael, yeah, that's pretty much, okay, yeah, Michael was like a seven-year-old like, child, like, Bang toys! Bang toys! And then he's like, oh, I gotta kill you, though. I forgot. But it's like, he was like getting the girl like off one second, and he's like, okay, now you're off. Michael does like to kill people while they fuck, though. You remember the bathtub scene in H2? Well, he's, he's and then, of course, uh, see anything you like, which they reference in this, because the pumpkin, the proprietor guy, shows the pumpkins like, see anything you like. Mm. The devil is everywhere. Oh. I don't know about you, dude, but I get, I get literally offended when I see kids playing with toys and they don't know how to like articulate movements and fight scenes. You cannot. And they just start banging them together. No. I'm like, no, you gotta fucking you gotta plan that shit out. Create the scene. Choreograph it. I used to have G.I. Joe's kick each, roundhouse kick each other off of like my fridge into like a cup of water yeah. that was acid and then they would turn into the Joker and then it's a whole different dude, story. Dude, when we played Star Wars, we had our whole scene planned out. We would just bang like, shit like, okay, you're gonna be Han Solo, I'm gonna be Luke Skywalker. We're, we're meeting together right now in this bar area, which is probably like a cardboard box, and we're gonna plan our attack on Darth Vader. Darth Vader coming down later on. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, Michael just made like a fuck accordion. Like, he was yeah, like, fucking Urkel. Moving on in the script, the big penultimate scene is it takes place at the drive-in. But what better place to have like your, your end-all be-all scene be at a drive-in while they're playing multiple horror movies at this theater. You got Psycho 2, Psycho, Psycho 3, one. Psycho, Psycho 1, Psycho? Uh, you got uh, The Fog. <laughs> the Fog's playing, and, and the Fog scene's badass, because at one point Lonnie wakes up and he's not sure what's going on, and there's actually a fog there, and you can hear Adrian Barbeau's voice. A bunch of these kids are having sex in the back, there's like a hearst, there, people are fucking all over the place, but you don't get to see Michael kill any of them. Like, Lonnie stumbles across them and finds them with like spiderweb blood on their face, dead. You don't get to see Michael kill them. Michael ends up chasing him, Michael shows up and he's chasing him, and he runs up to the projector booth, and the most badass scene in the whole 
fucking thing, man, is I'm just going to read it to you exactly from the script because it's so fucking cool. Do it, do it. Delight. One of the screens is playing Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And it says, Now a shadow falls across Jason, which is playing on the film, but they're in the projector booth and he's chasing him. Now a shadow falls across Jason as something passes in front of the projector. A shape. The shape, superimposed over Jason, cocks his head in curiosity. Then the film burns through and the screen goes white. I, I was thinking white, like, white. I, I don't know why I said white. When that scene was playing, I uh, to wipe. I'm thinking like uh, I'm thinking that uh, Michael's is like, what the fuck is this? He's like, what is this shit? Get out of my face! <laughs> but uh, Michael literally looks at Jason and cocks his fucking head. That's the coolest shit ever. And plus, they make Michael superimposed over Jason, like he's a fucking shadow who's bigger than Jason. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I think that is a not like it's it's a, it's a way of saying that. I'm better than you. But the very next scene is something that really throws you off, and it changes what Michael is forever. Um, the shape is standing in the window, a handful of film, and it's three-fingered fist. They refer to Michael as it. Yeah, which is good. I like that. Yeah. I dig it. Um, it has ripped the film off the projection. As Lonnie watches, the two missing fingers grow back. He had that magic power. Powder toast man. Watch this. What? <laughs> His fucking fingers grew back, so Michael is regenerated. Which I'm fine with that. Full on super. I'm fine with the part that yeah. part. I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I'm like, does that take away from the mystery of Michael? You know, in a way, because it's like when you watch it grow back, question. then you're like. What? It's a good question. I wanted to always suspect that Michael was supernatural, but now I said! But, um... I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, in a way, it would be cool to see take it. Take it or don't take it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I, I don't need it. And it gets weirder. It gets fucking yeah. weirder. It's crazy. Um, so as we move on, there's this badass scene where Lindsay shows up. He does kill Lonnie, and it's, they don't really explain the kill. Like, Lonnie didn't get his ass away from that! Then he finds Lindsay and he's chasing her down. And he's when he's chasing her down, he's knocking over these speaker podiums, like next to these cars as you go. As these crazy like movies are playing over top of him, there's this badass chase scene, which is it's just so Michael. <laughs> That's so you, so Michael. It's so you. <laughs> but um, what these radical kids or whatever break in at the exact same time. Radical. I don't know why I keep radical. Radical. So radical. Radical. Michelangelo. But they break in at the same time. The cops converge on the scene at the exact same moment that these kids that these hoodlums that have been fucking up shit as the movie goes long shows up at this kind of gets to the point where the original Halloween 4 ended because all the cops show up to right. confront Michael and these kids have silver painted um, he said he refers to it as William Shatner mask yeah so they're so, like the Michael Myers mask but like silverish like yeah. almost like which is kind of weird but they show up and you gotta imagine it's close to what the mask actually looks like yeah it's but it was. at one point there's 13 Michael Myers there and then the cops show up. So there's this Mexican, and it literally says Mexican standoff. Friday the 13th, not 13 Michaels. The, the parents show up, the cops are there, uh, all these Michael Myers are there, and then all of a sudden this chick from the hospital shows up. And she's screaming as this is going on. She's like, I know, I know how to tell which one he is. She says, Michael, don't be frightened. I'm here to help you. Come back with me to Smith's Grove. It's your home. It's where you belong. Nobody can hurt you. Take my hand. And then he just fucking, with a powerful blow, knocks her off her feet yeah. and out of the way. Uh, the thing about that whole scene is, uh, it sounds, it, it, it's badass. From the Friday the 13th point to that point. And then when Dr. Stern showed up, I, I think we're losing momentum now. I think we're like actually losing gas because that he would cock his head sideways and he listening because Dr. Stern had said early on in the script that, you know, maybe if you approached him with compassion because he is a victim and that Dr. Loomis had made him this way, bullshit, whatever, that he would turn his head quizzically and then make himself known that way because Michael's all about stealth anyway. 
I also think it's weird that you mentioned he's standing around with 12 other people dressed like him, and I mean, what, he's, he's not, not just killing He's not doing them. Why are you looking around? He's like, I like your style. <laughs> he's like, Where'd you get that mask? I wonder if you got it in my sights. When you get to Dr. Stern after he Hadouken punches her ass out of the fucking frame, thank God for you, Michael, for doing that. First, the show up is Hunt, and he, and he actually calls him a cocksucker. He's like, Eat this cocksucker. He shoots him in the chest, and Michael barely even moves. Then Michael kills him, throws him aside, and then he starts to go after Lindsay again. When he goes after Lindsay, Tommy takes the gun and this from this weird scene where he standing on top of a truck. Yeah, he took the gun from Sheriff Brackett. He does walk up to Michael and shoot him right in the fucking head. And, and the script says you see a piece of his skull fly off. And I, right then I'm going, we're going into super supernatural. I, I think super supernatural. I got some cold cuts. I think it's funny when they, when, when they make sure that they tell that it hit him in the groin first. Yeah, he shot him in the dick. And he was like, and Michael really stumbles. It's like, that's my goddamn baby makeup. Yeah, he's like, he he takes a shot in the groin. It's and true. You don't use it. You lose it. So he shot him in the dick, and Michael's like, I was going to use that later. <laughs> and then he shoots him in the head, and then this is when Michael gets fucking pissed. He gets fucking mad. And then you get, all of a sudden, Jitty from the lap! You got 10,000 years! We'll give you such a click in the neck! This is ultimate crazy. This, this is, is where the script goes... <laughs> when I was reading this part, I was saying, I, I, I did that... No, Michael. No. <laughs> I thought I was reading... I was like, is this fake? There was no... I do. This is where it takes me... It takes me completely out of it. I'm like... Please, I, God, no. No, please, I don't know. no. I don't know. I don't. I can't say for sure. I can say, like, there's a million ways they could do this scene, and it would be wrong. There's maybe one or two ways where they could do this, and it could be the coolest thing that ever happened to the oh franchise. God, no, like, I know, I know. Like, I don't, I don't trust any, I don't trust David <laughs> Fincher, I don't trust David Fincher himself to make this scene, or John Carpenter himself to make this scene, and make this plausible and work and be awesome. But if someone could actually pull this off, and it was as rad as it could possibly ever be, it could have been the greatest thing to ever happen to the franchise. Josh Whedon. But it's like, it's like, it, 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 it's, it's so unlikely. It's like Woody Harrelson in White Man Can't Jump when he has to hit the shot with one arm from across the thing and he nails it but still it's so unlikely that this works out but in this script the shot the, the cops shoot him H4 style yeah they fucking unload but Michael glade spray Michael fucking I got I got growing I have to read it to you okay I have to read it to you for you guys to really understand it now all the Warren County cops open fire with shotguns. Shot, shot. Shape is nailed in the crossfire, twitching like a puppet between the cars, much like the H4 yeah. scene. Then the shape starts to grow as no, if feeding. Growl. No, it says grow. It's an exclamation point. Growl. I oh, know you can't read it. It's I okay. Know. Well, it was. It's. It's. The, it's. Then, bad. then the shape starts to grow as if feeding off the bullets and becoming stronger with each shot. The shape swells to eight, ten. 12 feet tall, raises its fist against the screen. Goddamn, that's a huge bitch! As one of the shots hits metal and a car explodes, then the next car, then the next, row after row of cars going up like a zigzag pattern of firebombs that drive in in an inferno. Michael is literally fucking Kevin Bacon in X-Men First Class absorbing these shots and fucking growing! I was thinking when I was reading that scene, I swear to Christ, dude, the first fucking thing that popped in my mind when he was growing, when they... they it's morphin' time! <laughs> he fucking grows in size, and he's 12 fucking feet tall. I hope you can play in the NBA, because... Uh, 
both! I was thinking, God, God man, I, I really did not like that shit. So in 1988 or 87, when this film was going to come out, the CG was not going to be there for that anyway. And, and you're talking about, like, he's growing... I'm, but you're talking John Carpenter who filmed The Thing. Imagine, look at what he did with The Thing. I the transformations. And I'm thinking about him filming this and Michael doing this, like, shut the shut I'm thinking that... I'm not, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking that that part of the script would have been cut. I'm just saying, like, I think that Carpenter and Deborah Hill liked the script, but I mean, it, we this is the unfiltered script, so I think a lot of that would have got cut out. It, it does, I know what the guy was going for. He's trying to explain why Michael is, because, you know, he's like in the shape of a man. It's not a man anymore, and that's what Loomis had explained before, like, he's not a man. He's just something inside of a man that is evil, that is pure evil, and that he grows and absorbs and he gets angrier. But he's becoming the fucking Hulk. Is this Bill Bixby? Did he become Lou Ferrigno? I agree with you. Like, uh, I would, I would kick someone out of my office if they brought the script to me, right? <laughs> but there is no, Michael. No, <laughs> but there is a chance. There is a chance, man, that if John Carpenter filmed this amazing transformation scene, like, what's wrong with the sequels? Like, if you look at the sequels, they're taking the idea of the original Halloween, which the best part about the original Halloween is that it was this new thing. Like, it, it shocked the shit out of everybody. Nobody expected it. It was this pale face. The, killing babysitters and it scared people. The, the the main thing you can knock the sequels for is that they're just trying to recreate the same thing. This script would have taken it into a new dimension and when that happened, when his fingers grew back and when he grew to 12 feet tall, it would have shocked people and done at its absolute perfectness, it would have scared people and it would have thrown everybody off and it would have changed the entire forecast yeah. of what Michael Myers could be. So. I, I agree. 99 out of 100 times, I would say, no, no, that's garbage. Are you fucking crazy? But if it worked, there's a small chance that this franchise could be something completely different. Well, the thing about Michael Myers, the mystique of Michael Myers, is that you never really know. I mean, that's that's the speculation part that everybody, every fan loves to talk about. Is Michael human? Is Michael not? I mean, or, you know, is he? Is he not? Is he? But, uh, but... You know, that is the kind of driving force behind the, the uh, mystery and legend of Michael Myers. Because you get people like Jason Voorhees, which you know he is supernatural. Like, he can fucking disappear in fog and chop your tit off with an axe. And I think that by doing this, what you've done is basically give in to probably what's been beating on your door for, you know, as far as John Carpenter, for your whole, you know, the whole legend of Michael Myers is make him just another Jason. Because he kills everybody you know, no matter what, in a fucking drive-in, which I still think the, the scene would have been cool the way it played out, but he kills everybody. Uh, and there's no rhyme or reason at this point. I mean, there's really, I mean... You know, well, Lori, he is, he's still looking for Lori. Lori, they, yeah, mention he, that they the do. Script. They mention Lori, but he's still killing Lindsay Wallace and Tommy Doyle, who was just the survivors of that night. They don't, I mean, what's Michael going to take them back and question them under a fucking light bulb? Wesley! He's not going to do that, but... But then you make him supernatural, and he takes all these bullets, and he becomes 12 feet fucking goddamn Zord strong, and whoops ass. Dude, at this point, you're like, you know, it's just, it, then it, I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been cool in some way, but at the same time, then you take what makes Michael Myers special in a way, and you kind of water it down, and make him like every other Jason I, movie. I agree. No, I agree. Like, there's a million reasons to say why this is wrong, and it shouldn't happen, but... God damn it, if I wouldn't want to see someone try. It would be cool. I mean, again, I'm just saying, I, I don't, I've never wrote a script, and I would be hard to do it, I mean, especially in, in, in the time frame that he wrote it, but still. One thing about this script that I will say is that, and I think there's, this guy I think is a great writer, but I think that there's a reason why he's never written scripts beyond this, because there's several scenes like this. This scene, the, the Michael throwing out a pumpkin scene, yeah. there's some stuff that I go, how would you film that? 
And like I, I think that that comes into play into this. It's like he gets overzealous. He, he's really excited writing. He's like, fuck it, this. And you're like, slow down, Jim. Pace yourself. It's your first vagina. Just fuck it slow. So uh, eventually, what, what to, to wrap it up in a bow, what happens is Michael, like, when all these cars start exploding, there's this inferno blaze, and everybody assumes that Tommy and Lindsay are dead, and the parents are sad or whatever, but Tommy and Lindsay escape, and they decide to, they, she's like, I should go home, and he's like, you haven't had a home in a long time. So they decide to go on the run and let everybody believe they're dead, whether it's to hide from Michael or to hide from their families. This goes against the, like, uh, the, the repressed town kind of feel for the entire movie that they're trying to go with. They end up hiding out in a barn, and she has a bad dream where Michael shows up to kill her. Shows up, turns out to be a dream, and then the landscape shot goes out. You see this big, they're, they're happy, it's a nice day, they're, they're sleeping in a barn, and then you see this pumpkin field, and the movie ends. And you're sure, I'm sure at the end of the movie, the, the, you know, the Halloween theme song would have come on. Right. And I, mean, I don't know how much they would have used it. I'm sure they would have used uh, awesome, the soundtrack would have been probably amazing. This script, man, it felt like... I could have seen this script be filmed as Halloween 4, as directed by John Carpenter. He managed to capture that nuance. And there's certain things about this script that are amazing and great and wonderful. And I would love, God, I would love to see this script come to fruition. And John would Carpenter's I have loved for yeah. it to happen? No, because that's a scary thought when you're going to go that crazy with Michael. But as a script, it's kind of in the... It's kind of in its perfect place. Like, as a script that almost was, we can imagine it, we can talk about it, but it's not going to affect lore in such a way that's going to take Michael on this crazy X-Men storyline, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I'm glad as shit that this script exists, and I'm happy as fuck to have read it. Love uh, reading anything Michael Myers related. What a so. crazy idea. So, comment down below with your all's thoughts on it. We love your fucking faces, and if you're new to the channel, click that subscribe button and get some goddamn whim opinion. He holds her tight against him. And then she puts it in her butt. We watched a movie. Yeah. We watched a movie. We watched it. We watched a movie. Yeah. You know what? We did review. We watched a movie. We watched a movie. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.